0: Three pillars, time, energy, and attention. What do you find yourself doing that you can just lose track of time? That's what you should be doing. It is a lot of your parents growing up, but once you go to
1: college, that's on you. One of the best things you can do early in college, especially the first two years, is explore as much as possible. What would quitting school have meant to you? Hey, you're tuned in to The Mike and Maddie Show, where we have casual conversations, breaking down science, so we can explore how to improve our lives. Today's episode is a special one. It's our first one, actually. All about the traditional path for students in the US and how things like entrepreneurship and the creator economy might present an alternate for some people. We also talked about why we pursued medical school and what ideas and questions you might want to think about when you're deciding on your future after school's over. So calm your mood, Clear your mind. Enjoy the show. All right. First podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: We're here. Finally. We're finally doing it. After so many people have commented and asked us for podcasts. Yeah, it's exciting to
1: start. We actually, for those true Mike and Maddie fans back in the day, we did do an audio newsletter. This is also an opportunity for us to learn more about each other and learn more about what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. in this brand that we're trying to build. You know there's always that saying that the older you get you always wish you knew what you knew now back then and there's just so much we have to say about the traditional way mm-hmm. of the student right yeah the I mean, traditional student is dare i say about to the whole the whole system is getting disrupted mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. the internet is changing things so quickly mm-hmm. and we want everyone to be able to capitalize on this
0: huge opportunity. What is a traditional student? So, I think growing up, the traditional path for us, from what our parents told us, was you go to school and you think about college and then you graduate, you get a nice job with a good company, uh, you get married, you buy a house, you have a family, you work and get taken care of by your company and you have a 401k and then you retire at 65. And that's like, the traditional career path right that's the traditional mindset yeah which is very interesting because that's what they told us but neither of them actually did that um they did do it both of them for a little bit up to a point but i think like everyone's fork in the road starts somewhere they realized that entrepreneurship was for them so they went for it but after doing what we're doing here for what two or three years now i would say that entrepreneurship is not for everyone it's not for everyone no definitely not
1: yeah I agree with that, but it's so interesting. I actually have never thought about that until right now, mm. that they taught us to follow the traditional path mm-hmm. of a student, everything that you just described there, but they eventually took a turn for entrepreneurship,
2: mm-hmm.
1: both of them.
0: Yeah,
1: Our mom opened up her own business and dad went into real estate and became his own, his own boss too.
0: Yeah, he started his own business. He started his own business, his too.
1: Own, multiple, multiple, actually.
0: His own chemistry lab.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very interesting that even though they took a different path, they still pushed us toward the traditional path. And then we both now have taken a turn
0: yeah. as well. Yeah, well, you yes and no. I think dad always told us that you don't, you can start off working for other people, but ultimately you want to be your own boss. He's always told us that, mm-hmm. to be to be your own boss and... Right. And he always said, like, once you get your MD, you can open up your own practice and then you can (laughs) see your own patients. You don't have to rely on anyone else. So entrepreneurship was always there.
1: Yeah. And then he told me that when you graduate, you can go join him in the same building Mm -hmm. and work together see patients together.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what we're doing now. (laughs) Except our patients are students.
1: So what would you say if we could expand on the idea of the traditional path? Because... The way that I like to define something is to actually define what it's not. So what would you mm-hmm. say is like the opposite almost of what is this new path that we can take that we're seeing as an op- option, an opportunity for younger people to to take?
0: I forget what book it is, but uh, who was it? Paul something. He wrote a book called The Pathless Path. Paul Millard. The pathless path, basically, the traditional path implies that you're following a path that other people have done that is reliable and and produces results. Mm -hmm. Whereas this new path that we're taking, we're kind of like exploring and we don't actually have upperclassmen or mentors or guides per se. Mm -hmm. So we like rely on the internet to see what other people have done. And then we try to follow other people's footsteps. But there's no like, college counselor there's no career counselor to help us there's no internships to go into we just kind of figure it out it's the pathless path I think that's like the my Mm. definition of it
1: I think that's sort of true but if isn't finding internet resources kind of finding that mentorship or finding people to mentor you on the pathless path
0: or what exactly do you mean by pathless path It's just, it's not reliable. You can find tons of resources on the internet, but no one has, Mm. it's not credentialed. There's no, gotcha. there's no board certifying like this is, this person has done this many credits, even though I think that's like a really poor way of measuring Mm -hmm. any kind of outcome is like how many hours you sit in class. Yeah. But like, there is no board overseeing, like, this is what you should be doing Mm. in your next step. So it seems like the main difference from that definition is just
1: uncertainty. Pathless path has no certainty. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's no certainty, and there's no reliable. There's no reliable way to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more self reliance, and there's a lot less reliance on the, on the system, I guess, mm-hmm. on an institution. Yeah, seems kind of scary. Why would anyone want to take that? Because a lot of human beings just value this feeling of freedom, feeling of autonomy, like when you follow a traditional path and you become an employee of a a company oftentimes you have to do what they tell you to do Mm -hmm. if you want to be protected as part of the tribe then you gotta you gotta be compliant right and so there's a balance between that and how much autonomy you want to have some people like stability yeah some people like having stability and knowing what to do next how did we end up
1: diverging from the traditional path let's start from the beginning what did you want to do when
0: you were growing up? Mm. Um, well, when I was a kid, I probably didn't think about... No, I definitely didn't think about wanting to go to med school or become a doctor. Mm. Okay, well, how old are we talking to? Uh, I don't know. How old, how old does it matter?
1: <laughs> Let's say, what did you want to do when you were, like, high school
0: age? I think that's a more appropriate time to ask that question. Because when you're a kid, like... When you're a kid, the thing that matters most is you're having fun, you're following your curiosity. So I think that matters a lot. I you... I agree, but also like you only have like you only know
1: five different career paths when you're a kid. You know, astronaut. You know, doctor. You know,
0: president. <laughs> yeah. You know, teacher. Like I didn't know anything. Okay, well let's start with when you're one years old. When you're when you're a, let's start with when you're a one year old. <laughs> one year old. <laughs> yeah, because there's this thing that our family does. Can't even speak. Is this thing that actually Vietnamese people or Chinese people? I forget. But well, what they do is the parents will put all these objects in front of you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you will just naturally gravitate towards like whatever shiny object you find most curious for, right? Mm-hmm. So like you don't remember that though. You don't remember it. That's the whole <laughs> point. Right, we, when you grow up, your parents tell you about what happened. Mm-hmm. But there's like a lot of superstition about it. But basically, in a nutshell, what happened was, for me, when I was one mom and dad put all these objects in front of us. And I forget, there was like a book and a pencil and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And she said that they were a pair of scissors. I think it was a pair of scissors. And to her, they said, if you picked scissors, that means you would become a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So that's what I picked. I didn't go for the book or the calculator
2: mm-hmm. or like
0: the stapler or whatever the, whatever else there was. Mm-hmm. So that was just like, I, I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. And then if you remember like um, our cousin. Which one? Chris, the only one with a child. Yeah, when she turned one, he like we we wanted to put the objects, mm-hmm. and he like refused for anyone to even try a- attempting like predicting her future because of all the superstition. This career superstition is huge. Yeah, like it goes either way. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't I didn't know that I picked the scissors until I got into medical school. I think mm-hmm. when mom told me it was already after I, I picked my path. She wanted to keep it to herself. Right. She didn't want it to sway. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could have put like anything. You could have put stethoscope. You could have put like, mm-hmm. like, like a wide pair of scissors, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like you could have just said like a cup or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's, that's, just some ra- that's just like random. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. But my point is that curiosity and playfulness as a child is very important. So then when I was growing up, probably like five to eight years old, I had that camcorder that mom and dad had, that really old one. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to make videos and make movies. So I always imagined myself growing up that I was going to somehow be involved with like Hollywood or movie filmmaking or something like that, Mm -hmm. either as like a director or something like that, Mm -hmm. because I was always... um, pooling you guys or mostly mostly our sister and our cousins because mm-hmm. i think you were like too young then
1: i was pretty i was in a few i was i started in a few of our our home videos yeah
0: you were like not yeah. able to walk so you just sat there
1: <laughs> i started in a few of them I yeah remember. i was like night in one of them <laughs> i remember that one well i was always the director and cameraman yeah I remember that, that. makes sense yeah. i don't think i was cognizant enough to
0: yeah <laughs> i was just an extra for most of the thing. So, like, growing up, like, I thought about filmmaking a lot. Mm. So I thought that was something I was going to do. What about you? What was the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up? As a, let's start with as a child. I can't, as I a can't child. speak when I was one years old. <laughs> I don't
1: remember. And I don't think anyone ever told me. Our parents never told you what you chose? No. Mm-hmm. I think I asked my mom after. I think I asked mom after you told me about that tradition. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't remember. I don't know if she's honest if she couldn't remember either that or if she was just too embarrassed that I went the opposite path of what I was supposed no. to or something, but I don't remember <laughs> her i don't think she remembers what what I picked, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna scratch that i guess that of not being you know guided when I was a kid and like that mm-hmm. but when I was growing up, and then you and we've probably talked about this many times, but I thought I was going to be a musician mm-hmm. or I wanted to be a musician mm-hmm. I remember you. Introduced me to music that was like not classical music, so we started playing because we yeah. started playing piano. Oh, you mean EDM? No, I'm just like this is even way before that. Oh, but you didn't introduce me to EDM too, EDM too. But this is like way when we were kids, like five, six years old, mm-hmm. and at that point you were in like grade school, almost middle school, and stuff, and with that technology had just come out where you have CD players, you know. Mm-hmm. Remember that blue C D player we had that you had to you hooked headphones into it? He's like you had to hold it, like a whole CD player. You had to I don't hold remember it. That. There was a CD player that you gave to me when I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And it had like five songs on there only. And I had never listened to like anything other than classical music before, because we were classically trained, like just playing mm-hmm. Mozart and like twinkle twinkle, you know, crap like that. Yeah. And on that on that CD that you gave me was like five songs. It was like Good Charlotte. Um good charlotte green day i don't remember this at all yeah there was a good charlotte like green day uh reliant k oh, <laughs> artist but i listened to him i was like dang this is so cool like this is sick and i got like really really into like rock like indie rock classic rock yeah. not classic rock i went mean, that's like that's like it's just indie rock, rock yeah. it's just indie rock but this was like when i was like seven six or seven
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like then cold i think was on there too and i was just like dude this is so Coldplay. cool and so like, i would just have like all these dreams about like playing on stage as a musician or something Mm. and that blue (laughs) i'm pretty sure if we dug around the house long enough we would find it too because our parents don't throw anything away so that's that was back when we burned cds then that was back when we were still burning cds
0: you know actually now that you were now that you mentioned that i do remember do you remember that game like lenny's music Mm -mm. it was like a penguin or something it was like a bunch of little cartoon animals basically You spent a lot of time on that game. I don't remember remember that game. I don't remember that game. It was basically penguins. uh, We have to we have to look it up for this. I remember Load Runner. We played a lot of Load Runner. No, it's not that. I think it was awesome. This the Lenny's something. Basically, our our uncle gave that game to us. Mm -hmm. It was um, you get to pick like like Lenny would always play a keyboard, and there was like I don't know like a walrus playing a guitar. Like there's all these different animals, Mm -hmm. and they all had like different instruments, and when you click on them you would load them up on stage and they would just play the same <laughs> riff over and over and over I don't remember this and you can game. like mix and match and like oh. that was your first ever experience in music production it was like a garage band but these animals wow. would always play the same loop and so was like, oh what if i put the tiger with the penguin or what if i put mm. the walrus with the giraffe or whatever it was i don't remember you played game. that a lot dang i, I gotta find <laughs> this now. that's funny yeah lenny's something
1: Lenny's Penguins. If we find it, we'll we'll put it on screen too, or whatever. In, in description, I'm yeah. sure the game is like dead now. Yeah, if we find it, we'll put it in description. Just just to know, just to know. But that was to go back to the question. That was the first thing I remember thinking, like, yeah, that would be like a
0: cool future. Mm-hmm. But that was when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, but when you're a kid, your your curiosity and your playfulness means a lot because that's where like you're not thinking. You're mm-hmm. not conscious, but your energy is just naturally drawing you towards the things that you like.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I guess actually that for me,
1: I still wanted to do that for quite a while up and through high school because most of my friends at that time were still playing music. So your friends reinforce it, you know? They did, but I don't ever tell you about this one friend I had in middle school. He was a serial bullshitter though. He was, he was like a chronic liar, pathological liar. Okay. I think like confirmed like after high school when I kept in touch with him. Okay. But- in seventh grade, he he transferred to school to middle school where I did. Um, he he didn't go there before. He was like at Troy, I think, or something like that. Mm. But he's like a really good guitar player. Um, mm. Took lessons for it. Is and he was like one of the few musicians at school that would like like to play rock music. Mm. And he, <laughs> we entered a talent show together. Because mm-hmm. he wanted to play this Metallica song, like the one on Guitar Hero. I forget which one it was. The one that's really popular back then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was like, hey, I need a drummer. Like, do you want to play drums for me? I'm like, heck yeah, I want to play drums. Like, Because our uncle gave us a drum set.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had been practicing drums. And so we'd, we played a talent show. He played guitar. I played drums. We played this song. We won the talent show. Nice. And for months afterwards, like, he fed me lies. He fed me lies that his dad was best friends with, with the manager of Metallica. And Oops. that he would, if we kept practicing, that he would get us to be the opener for Metallica and we get to meet them. And he just kept feeding <laughs> me these lies. And I was like, my ego was through the roof. You know, I'll be like 12 years old. Who like, is this?
2: Well, I guess. I'm, I'm not going to reveal
1: any names. I'll tell you later. But um, he's still a friend of mine right now, which is why. And I think um, he's he's doing pretty well. He's up in, he's up in NorCal. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he's married now. But... It was just so funny because he was like feeding me these lies like yeah like one of these days we're gonna open up for metallica we're gonna, we're gonna make it big like mm-hmm. my dad can get us like record deals and all this stuff and i was just like eating into it i was like oh my god like this is the beginning of my future right here like yeah. i gotta i should just i gotta like lock down this drumming and like you know and play bass and like yeah. and do all that stuff sounds and like and it then, changed your life yeah but then the next year he transferred back to a different school a different school district and then I found out that he just lies to everybody about everything. Oh, Potentially, clear. now that I think about it, it could possibly be, be because he moved schools so often. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he was one of those kids who switched schools, like, every year or two because his parents had to move around. Mm-hmm. His parents, I think his mother and father were divorced, and father was military, so he had moved around a lot with his dad. But maybe, like, a coping mechanism to make to make friends. He would just try to fabricate stories or something. I don't know exactly. I'm kind of digging into his psyche here right now. But, yeah, he uh,
0: really kept the dream alive for me yeah for a while so we just talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up Mm -hmm. as kids but then now like what school and career expectations do you think were placed on you like from outside sources like from from our parents from society from our family like did you feel any pressure or any expectations on a certain career path Starting from when? Yeah. Whenever you can remember.
1: Definitely. Going to college was something that was always expected out of us. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I never really had any expectations. I think our parents just encouraged us to pursue sciences because that's what they knew. Mm -hmm. And that's I guess that's what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And my sister did. (laughs) And you guys are both older than me. But... I do remember always knowing that they wanted us to do sciences and through sciences, they wanted to just, they wanted us to do something prestigious. I guess I can only speak for myself, but Mm -hmm. mom and dad did say, yeah, you should try to become a doctor or a dentist. I do remember (laughs) that pretty clearly. That's, that's pretty much it. They just, they just told me those two things Mm -hmm. really. And I, at that time when I was younger, didn't do any like self-reflection, didn't do much thinking about my future. So, I was just like, yeah, they're presenting me an option. I might as well just go for it. So mm-hmm. ended up being something that I actually fell into fell into and, and actually enjoyed mm-hmm. and really wanted to do at the time. So there was family pressure and there was external pressure because they had that influence. And you were also a doctor or in med school. So there was a lot of that pressure too. Mm-hmm. So that was that was where it came from for me.
0: Yeah, so growing up, I think I did have some school and career expectations, either from parents or society or, or wherever. For example, mom always told us to think about how you can give back to society, like give back to other people. So mom's thing was that she and her family when they came to America as refugees, she felt grateful because she felt there's some sort of uh, guardian angel looking over their family. And so, so many people so many people on the journey helped them recover their lives because they lost everything. And so her thing was always to find ways to give back to other people. Because what you give to the world, the world will give back to you kind of things like karma. Mm -hmm. And because of that, a lot of the career um, options that I considered was in healthcare, or some kind of hospitality, you know. Mm -hmm. And then for dad, dad was always thinking big, like he wanted us to like, discover some kind of cool invention or, like, publish stuff, you know? He loved that word (laughs) He loved inventions. (laughs) Yeah. He always wanted us to invent something. Yeah. So his thing was always, like, get an education and use your intellect to change the world and make other people's lives better Mm -hmm. through invention. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we naturally gravitated towards science. And obviously mom and dad, they're both scientists. Right. Mom's a pharmacist, dad's a chemist. So that... Like, invention plus giving back like plus taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, some sort of healthcare science career mm-hmm. path. That's what I always imagined it to be.
1: It sounds like when you were a kid, you wanted to be some kind of director, filmmaker type thing. And then as you learned more about your parents and as their influence hit you through like high school and college, you decided the healthcare was more of a route. But when you're in college, obviously when you moved, you moved away from home. And I know a lot of people do the same thing. When they graduate high school, they finally have this first sense of freedom when they're out of the house. What kind of change does that have on your, on your mental state? Like where, like where do you, what changed in college? Cause that's really when you formulate, that's really when you form that decision about what you want to do. hmm Like, if you can reflect back on college, like, what what were some of the most defining moments of, like, yes, this is now what I want to do? Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with figuring out what do I want to do? Yeah. Even after college, uh, people struggle. I was barely sure by the end of college what I wanted to do, too. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think that's, like, probably one of the biggest anxiety-inducing decisions that
0: young people have to make. Yeah. Well, for me... When I I graduated high school, because I spent hours, I spent so much time with my high school friends making videos. Mm -hmm. When we graduated, we all went separate ways and we all went to different colleges. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my friends actually went to a film, some of my friends actually went towards a film school path, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. And when I went to college, I started making new friends, and all those friends were pre-meds. So that's <laughs> just what that's what yeah. happened. Like you just naturally become the average of the five people you hang out with most, mm. and all my friends were pre-med. How did you meet? Were they just because they were in the same class as you, or did you live with them? I forget. Um, I lived with them. They were all in my dorm. Yeah, dorm. I was in the honors. <laughs> I was in the honors program. Oh. And so in the honors program, there is a high percentage of pre-meds <laughs> <laughs> that just at, naturally
1: happened that way. <laughs> at our school yeah <laughs> that's
0: true and there was like no one really trying to do creative uh <laughs> careers yeah what what it sounds
1: like is that the people you spend a lot of time with they were a big influence on your decision to also do medicine is that what you're saying
0: yeah i mean the, the people you spend a lot of time with you identify with them mm-hmm. you, you get along with them and so all of our interests is kind of aligned mm-hmm. it's just natural And then I would also say that, I don't know why, but I've been a pretty competitive person for a lot of my youth. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that's from being the eldest or, or whatever, but I remember there was a time where I thought about, like, what should I do in healthcare? And people started listing things like, oh, you can be a nurse, you can be a physical therapist, you can be uh, dentists or whatever, whatever. There's so many different things to do in healthcare. Right. Right. And I'm just like, well, what's the most <laughs> challenging? Like, what's the number one thing, the hardest to get, you know, what is the most challenging? Mm. I'm like, Oh, doctor. Okay. So what's, what's above that? That's, that's what I'm going for. Mm. You know? So, okay, I can do it. And then let's do it. Wow. So you had that mindset too, of like, you wanted to be yeah, the very I mean best. in high school I wanted to be number 1. You were. I went out of the way. <laughs> you were number 1. To make sure that happened. Yeah. So there was some competitive nature in me. I'm not really sure why, but
1: Did you This is something that a lot of people realize too, but did you feel like the playing field got leveled when you went to college? And how did they, how did you respond to that? <laughs>
0: so that's an interesting question.
1: Cuz I know that's a something that a lot of students Struggle with is Mm -hmm. they think that they need to, they feel pressure to be the number one student. Yeah. And oftentimes, being like that gift, a gifted student, young, early on, Mm -hmm. especially in like when you're growing up in like elementary school, Mm -hmm. middle school, high school, it really kind of messes with you when you get to college Mm -hmm. because you realize that you're not that much smarter than most people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are a few exceptions. You know, there's some goodwill hunting types out there who are actually just very, very mm-hmm. bright. And just that the memory just like works like, you yeah. there's something different. But for the most part, people mm-hmm. uh, who start off early doing
0: really well, mm-hmm. they realize something happens in college yeah so my answer is kind of kind of weird. I planned ahead in that I didn't go to the top schools that I'd gone into mm-hmm. because in the back of my mind, I felt like maybe I do want to try this doctor path mm-hmm. and so I'd already been talking to people a lot older than me, um asking them like, Hey, what should I do? And I remember a lot of them telling me like your your college doesn't matter that much. They even said your medical school doesn't matter that much once you get an m d it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so like in the back of my mind, I said, I need to get the grades, but I still want to have fun in college. Yeah. So what did I do? I did not go to the top-ranked school that I got into. Mm-hmm. So I went to like a mid-tier school thinking that I would still be able to out-compete most people mm-hmm. while still being able to enjoy like my college life. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Is that what you would
1: recommend to someone too? If they were trying to get into med school or they had some kind of dream of, Something prestigious academically that they should not lower their potential, I guess, in terms of Ivy Leagues or whatever. But Mm -hmm. like,
0: is that is that a reasonable approach? Is that a smart idea? You think? I I think a smart idea would be to figure out what your values are, Mm -hmm. and then plan around it. Mm -hmm. I I think back then I was like, I don't know if there's a term for it, but I was a maximizer. Like I wanted to do everything, and I knew. A lot of people told me like, oh, college is the best years of your life. You're going to have fun. You're going to party. You're going to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not want to lose that because I also heard that, oh, yeah, pre-meds have no life. They study 24-7. They're in the library all the time, mm-hmm. and they have no social life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, how am I going to make these two things work? So that's – my values were I wanted to have fun in college, but I still wanted to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. So that's that was the compromise. Yeah. I was like, does – Berkeley or UCLA or whatever Ivy League really matter that much Mm -hmm. or you know like so you got to figure out your values and then plan around it.
1: Okay that's smart so
0: sounds like the best thing you can do is to to figure out your values first before making decisions. Yeah because I after high school there were a number of my friends who also wanted to become doctors Mm -hmm. and none of them they all went to like really competitive schools. Yeah. And so they all left the pre-med path like after a couple of years. So it sounds like
1: you had already had this kind of values discussion internally, at least even when you were young in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think that at least speaking from personal experience, that was nowhere even near my radar about thinking about my future or thinking about a value first decision-making model. Just
0: clarify your goals. I guess that's more tendencies.
1: (laughs) Right. But yeah. Okay. So so I guess my question to you is what's, framework could you provide like is there a way to think about now that you that you know to help someone identify their values and so they can make better decisions because all we want to we all want to make better decisions about what we do in the future and it seems like you had a a pretty solid framework already even at a young age like how did you do that and or what is that framework if you can provide some insight i
0: I don't know if i had an actual framework at that time Mm -hmm. or if we do now (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. you have one now i do have one now Mm-hmm. I, I need to get around to making a video about this because um, this is a framework that I got from reading so many different books mm-hmm. about like career decisions and making, making tough decisions and stuff like that. I've been thinking about this a lot since doing YouTube and all these other side hustles and kind of straying from our typical doctor career path is that how do you find work that you enjoy Mm -hmm. And that you find fulfilling. Um, And I've been doing a lot of reading on this. And like, how do you make big decisions related to your your career? Mm -hmm. Um, I asked myself, like, what is work? Like the definition, like a simple definition to me is work is just what you do to be a productive member of society. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, huh, we make a lot of content about productivity. What is there a productive way to think about this? And I started mind mapping this out, mm-hmm. and I was like, productivity, um, in the three pillars, time, energy, and attention, right? Mm-hmm. So then I thought, oh, if you just follow time, energy, and attention, that will guide your body, that, that will guide your mind to just gravitate towards whatever is most naturally productive to you, and that is how you find it. So, for example, for time, like, where do you find yourself, like, What do you find yourself doing that you can just lose track of time, like Mm -hmm. in flow, just Mm -hmm. lose track of time completely and and you're just so immersed in it. That's like, that's what you should be doing. Or thought another way, what would you do that you would not want to speed up? You know, like Mm -hmm. if I'm in the hospital, I'm always thinking, dude, when is it time to get out? I want to go home. Mm -hmm. I want to speed up every single day I'm in the hospital. But when I'm like, I I don't want to speed that up. I want to enjoy like every moment of it. Yeah, that's the time aspect. I assume that you don't need all three of these boxes checked. Uh, all three of the boxes are a guide if okay. you want to follow it.
1: Because so I'm about to say I can play Dota for ten hours straight. Enough, you'll yeah, like
0: oh <laughs> let's go no, easily. So then you, you <laughs> just think about the next one, energy. What gives you energy? All right, there it is. Two two boxes checked. <laughs> I would say do it, it takes away my energy. You farm for forty minutes and then you just no, if you get lose, crushed, and if then you lose. all my energy is gone. <laughs> but
1: if you win, you get and you, uh, you get that uh, you get that rare loot, you get that new skin. Yeah, but if you don't, then you, <laughs> but you yeah, get, that's 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 a you good point too. Up again. <laughs> that's
0: a good point too. Like, yeah, you get a lot of energy from it. Yeah. Whereas, like in the hospital, I was always losing energy mm. and like losing sleep. I guess that's probably a big factor too. But then attention. The third thing is, like, whenever you're procrastinating or getting distracted by something from what you're supposed to be doing, instead of, like, beating yourself up over it, like, just look at what you're doing. Like, what are you procrastinating with? Because that thing could be where your body is naturally gravitating towards, too. Hmm. Or, like, what do you find yourself being distracted by? Like, you know, Hmm. we, I was getting distracted by making videos. I was procrastinating on studying for med school by making videos. Mm. And I was like, man, I'm wasting my time. But then I'm looking at it, dude, I can actually post these videos on YouTube and actually side hustle with it. So that eventually grew into something more.
1: Yeah. No, all that makes sense. If I can kind of summarize what you just said from what I heard, really the thing that people should be doing if it's considered work is just what they think about all the time. If it's on your mind all the time because you're doing it, you're losing track of it, mm-hmm. and then when you're not doing it, you're thinking about it, and mm-hmm. then you also realize that it gives you energy. Then that's what you should be doing. Yeah, it's whatever is just obsessing. Is this what you obsess about? Yep. Yeah. I mean, just because I know you, that seems like it works, but there are probably a lot of people who, what if, what if, what if they don't have anything like that? Like there was probably a reason why you obsessed about that thing, and I think what people are interested in learning is like. How did you get that spark? How do you get something on your mind or some thing to do Mm -hmm. so that you can obsess about it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the baseline answer for that is collect as many experiences as possible. Yeah. Just knock on like every single door. Try everything you can find. Dip your feet in everything. Try everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is your parents too. Like not all parents have to pay for classes or send you to like basketball camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like just taking you out to different experiences. That is what will shape your your interests, but you got to get out and do things. Mm As a bottom line, yeah. And it is a lot of your parents growing up, but once
1: you go to college, that's on you. Yeah, you're on your own. And I couldn't agree more that one of the best things you can do early in college, especially the first second, first two years, Mm. is just explore as much as possible. Yeah, do everything, join as many clubs as you want, go to every single event, no matter how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Just go talk to as many people as you can, try to make some friends Mm -hmm. in different circles too, if possible. And that way you will eventually open a door that smells good. The water feels nice in there and you'll wanna keep obsessing about it, Mm
0: -hmm. right? Yeah. Were there moments in college that you thought were really worth it and were there moments where you thought were not worth it and that you could have done without? Mm -hmm. Definitely. We can keep talking about trying experiences
1: I think one of the experiences that was most worth it for me, which I did really randomly. um, And I think I might have talked about this in a video too, but it's because there was this girl in my dorm who I will keep anonymous, but she was going out to this social event. And usually at the time I had a, I had, I was in a relationship for the, for all of college Mm -hmm. in my first two years, I was long distance. So Mm. that forced, I don't know if it forced, it didn't force me to do anything, but I was a bit insecure in my relationship and because my ex-girlfriend at the time felt uncomfortable with me going out and doing a lot of things. A Mm -hmm. lot of the nights in my first year, I didn't go out and do much Mm -hmm. just because I didn't want to make someone else feel anxious, which now I honestly kind of regret because I didn't get to do as much as I was going to do. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, this one night I went out to this party with this girl and I met a very, very interesting guy. Um, He had... Probably the most obscure beliefs that I have ever, ever known about anybody is mm. just for context. He was like a diehard communist. Mm. Like he really like believed in socialism, communism. But he was a really great guy, nice guy. He just really liked that, like that area of of politics. And he always wore like a communist like jacket everywhere he went. And I was just like, this guy is trippy, mm-hmm. because like he's a. I wouldn't say was was our school liberal. I don't know. What would you describe it as? Uh, I don't know if it was described as liberal, but he was no. safe to say he was the only person around campus who would who would wear something that outlandish mm-hmm. um, and just be completely unfazed by it. And a lot of people were very turned off by him just because he of like the way he presented himself and like mm-hmm. what his beliefs were like so openly about. But I saw him and I was more curious than anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like this guy is just like so shamelessly like, down for whatever vibe he's about like i, I respect that in a way mm-hmm. he was still, like, still nice like he didn't like hurt anybody he wasn't like trying to mess with anyone but I, so i got to be friends with him and i got to know him a bit better and it turns out that he was also the president of the radio station at uc irvine oh and i was like oh because I was, I was talking and i was like where are you getting all these ideas from And like i was like you have so much to say about this i'm like mm-hmm. how did like like what like how, like why do you know so much he's like oh i have like i have a couple talk shows That I do twice a week and during those talk shows I just get to talk about whatever I want and so I get to explore this and talk about it more Mm -hmm. and I was like you have a talk show he's like yeah I was like how he's like oh because every college has like a radio station Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's pretty cool and so he told me about like the next time that they're recruiting DJ hosts for Mm -hmm. their for the radio station so I went um just for fun and then i ended up really liking it yeah and i had a talk show for for the last few years of college it was really fun i just got to play music that i liked underground music mm-hmm. i had my friends come in whenever we just got to talk I like you just get to go it's it was like a really really like small bunker you remember you remember yeah. I, took you, I took you yeah, yeah you, you
0: took you, me and john
1: you came you guys came and we talked in there yeah it Was just we like a
0: edm on there <laughs> a
1: little bunker like out by the side of school inside of it it's was just really like, fun it's just full of vinyl and like yeah. cds and that i just got sick. to like nerd out in there and like you know just listen to music and mm-hmm. just like and just talk I was like and that, that never would have happened unless I met my friend unless you went out because I went out and Did I was something. like and that like probably that was a huge spark for me mm-hmm. because I was like wow I just get to explore something that I really like which because I've, I've always been into music mm-hmm. and I was like this is just like another opportunity for me to just to find more music to be mm-hmm. a DJ and to also just get to like talk and have a show I'm like this is so cool mm-hmm. that was super worth it for yeah. me in college and although I'm not like a DJ host anymore but like that experience is so memorable to me mm-hmm. and it all came from just trying something that I'd i just going somewhere that I wouldn't normally have gone mm-hmm. you know it was just like such a transformative experience
2: yeah
1: I met so many people through that I met a lot of people I learned a lot of music I learned I got to I even like one time I even like got, got the balls to ask one of my teachers, my professors, to come into the station with me, and they talked. Um, it, was, it was one of these guys. He was kind of trippy too. But he, did you take this class? You might take this class too. Actually, it was a class on integrative medicine. He was like this oh, old Chinese yeah, guy. Yeah. I don't he, remember that guy. He did like his whole research lab was about was like the benefits and, of Tai Chi or something. And he Qi Gong. talked about qigong <laughs> and um, gua sha. And so I was like, "Hey, do you want to come talk about integrative medicine with me?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So we actually came out, and we talked a little he bit did. about it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I cuz I was I was really I don't remember I was really into yoga back then too. Yeah. And I was I was, I was yeah. an assistant yoga teacher at mm-hmm. a studio and I was like I was like I want to talk to him just about like benefits and stuff. Um, yeah. It was really fun. I was just like I never would have even done that. Mm-hmm. Like I never would have asked a, per, a faculty member cuz mm-hmm. back in college also this is like a point of interest for a lot of students like you're so scared to talk to faculty. Some people are really scared to talk mm-hmm. to faculty members. Yeah. Like they feel like there's such a divide and like this is like such an authoritative figure mm-hmm. and like you're just like a student. Like how do I, what do I say to them? How do I email them? Like yeah. how do I, am I supposed to be professional? Do I like bring a gift? Do I, like, I don't know. Like, But then you realize that these are just people. Yeah. Like faculty members are just people and they have interests too. And it's just like we just happen to have some kind of alignment and an interest. Like I like yoga. Mm-hmm. I knew he was in integrated medicine. I was just like, I can just talk to him like a person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really, like, that experience is also in itself, like, really lowered the threshold for me about, like, oh, wait, like, being an adult is just, there's no difference in an adult versus, like, a college. Like, you're just people, Mm -hmm. and you just have interests, and you can just, like, you can just communicate like normal. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, that was another formative experience, too.
0: No, I I agree with you there. Like, it's all about the experiences. Mm -hmm. and so I would say, like, that is, I would say, like, the experiences that you get from all the different people that you meet in college is so worth it. Mm-hmm. When I was in my first year, I remember talking to a lot of upperclassmen, asking, asking, like, hey, I'm trying to get into med school. Like, should I take, you know, physiology and anatomy and mm-hmm. whatever med school classes during, like, summer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just being like really cringy, try hard yeah, pre med yeah. trying just trying to get through and yeah <laughs> so bad but like so trying to glow on the application yeah and they're like dude no like you, this is fun. college <laughs> <laughs> just go have fun yeah like these are the best years of your life like yeah do what you want to do because you're going to have plenty of medical school classes when you when you go to med school
2: mm-hmm.
0: so then i was like huh oh, okay what is the opposite i can do then Just <laughs> cuz the i bare do minimum. i wanted to maximize mm. I, I don't know why i was his maximizer so i was like yeah why don't I just try to knock out my requirements as soon as possible? You can just cruise? So what I did was I did that uh, study abroad program. Mm. I went and lived in the u k for the entire summer, knocked out all the physics, mm-hmm. um, but then also got to travel around right like that was I don't know why that program was like known to be like a really fun like cultural experience because mm-hmm. you get to like travel all over Europe while you're taking physics. yeah. So that's what I did. i no, like, that's I like, like screw, screw med classes. I'm going to do this instead. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of, I was like max, trying to maximize on experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I joined a lot of clubs. I became an RA. I, Man, like I, I joined a Greek fraternity. I don't know why. Like I don't regret it, but thinking about it, it's just so cringe. Like I don't know why I did that. But it's it- <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. I kind of regret not doing one. It was really fun, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, just college days are just cringe thinking about some of the things we did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, like I tried to get myself out of my comfort zone as much as possible. But one thing that I wanted to make sure I did was I wanted to have multiple different friend groups. Mm. So, like, when I was with the honors kids, I was with the honors kids doing their thing. When I was with my fraternity bros or whatever, mm-hmm. when I was with my RA fam, we always had like these different family groups, yeah, so that I could always have different experiences. Sometimes it would overlap, which was pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that was all about experiences. Yeah, like I was always it was always it was always about asking the older classmen, like, what to do, and I would always take their advice and and, and try to work with it. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, no, that's that's good advice too. Is to have multiple friend groups so you have multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get to feel the vibe of different communities yeah. and really integrate in.
0: Yeah. And another thing I'll add is that I did live in the frat house for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I was an RA for, for another year. And then I did live in the honors house. Mm-hmm. And all three living situations were completely different vibes. Right. But that is something that if you can, like, I know money is an issue sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you can, like, the living experience itself is such valuable. It's it's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Being independent. Yeah. Like being on your own. Some people like they, at our school specifically, there are a lot of people who like to commute. Yeah. And live at home. Mm -hmm. I did that for the last year actually just to save Mm -hmm. money because I didn't need to. Yeah. But I mean, if you can, if you can afford it, Mm -hmm. then yeah, that living situation with other people's, that's when you, that's where you meet like Mm -hmm. your friends for life. Totally agree. Yeah. I remember I visited you when you were at your frat house actually once. I remember.
1: You did? I biked there. I remember I biked to Irvine and... You biked? Her? I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember. I, I went here and I played ping pong with someone in the... in the.
0: Oh, yeah. We had a ping pong table. I forget downstairs. who it was.
1: I forget who it was. So I played ping pong with one of your, your bros and I was like in high school. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it's kind of funny. But no, yeah, I definitely agree. That grows you up faster than anything. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best part about it is just that you just realize that all the things, all the luxuries that you had at home... Mm-hmm are no longer there mm-hmm. and the only person who's going to do them is you because <laughs> if you don't then it's just going to be dirty <laughs> yeah if you don't clean up it's just going to be trash and no one's going to take
0: it out it's like ah, oh, crap i guess i do have to take it out i guess i do have to wipe my desk down yeah oh man like being an ra grew me up real fast yeah because not uh, only are we responsible to had the like hall. Yeah, I had to wash over the hall and like I organized up community that too. events. And... I remember
1: we had to clean your hall after they all left and dad had to wash down that fridge. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: that yeah, was, that. that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, remember yeah that I remember that Everything just went to Salvation Army. That yep. day. Let's say back then when you were in college, mm-hmm. what would quitting school have meant to you? Or like meant to our family if you were to drop out of college and pursued this... In college. Yeah, back then. It really would
1: have depended on what was the plan. Yeah. That's that's really what it would come down to. Mm-hmm. I think most parents or most people are just concerned about uncertainty. They're very afraid of uncertainty. And the only advice that people give you, that anyone can give you, is advice based on their own experiences. Mm-hmm. So if you start to do something that goes off the traditional path mm-hmm. and people are afraid of what they don't know, then they're gonna be very concerned. Mm-hmm. Especially your parents. Especially our parents. Mm-hmm. They would be very concerned. So unless you had a really good plan, yeah, then it would have been terrible. It would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. And if I think back to it now, in my headspace, in my mindset back then, I would have had no plan. So it would have been a terrible option, which is why I didn't do it. Yeah. So it would have been disastrous. If you ask me now back <laughs> then, if I quit, because yeah. I had no plan.
0: Yeah. Quitting was never even on my mind. There's just too much uncertainty even myself about what, I, what I had to do. No uncertainty. Plus like who's going to, how are you going to pay back the loans? Mm-hmm. Plus like we're so ingrained in the pre-med track. It's like, yeah. we need that college diploma for mm-hmm. the next step. Like yeah. quitting was just not an option. Right. That's kind of scary to think about. It was like, <laughs> there was no option. There was no option. But I'm thinking back to when I was a... Um, well, it felt like there was no option. Yeah, it felt like there was no option. But there is always an option. Now that thinking we're on the other back, side of it, yeah, there's, yeah. There's,
1: always, there's so many options. But when you're in that, when you're so in it, mm-hmm. it just feels like there's no option.
0: Yeah. When I was in my fourth year of college, one of my best friends, um, he basically dropped out of college. It was like the first time I ever experienced this, like in my personal circle. So, what he did was, he read this book on stock trading Mm -hmm. and he just fell in love with it. He was like, This is my passion. Like, this is me. Mm -hmm. So, he, I forget the exact details, but he somehow got in contact with the author. Mm -hmm. And then he basically sold himself to the author. Like, he, he wrote up something, and the author was, like, super impressed. He was like, yeah, come out here and work work for me. Mm. And so he's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move to New York and do stock trading and drop out of college. Yeah. And I was wow. like, dude, you need, like, one more semester uh-huh. to get the diploma. I don't think he even ever went back to finish yeah. to get the diploma. And he's easily, like, he became a millionaire, like, in his mid-20s or something. So. Mm. That's there's, amazing, yeah. There's always, there's options. It's just if options. you like have a plan, that uh-huh. was his plan. Like he, he's gutsy to like even step out of his comfort zone mm-hmm. to like look for a job like far away. Right. But he went for it. Well, he just had so much certainty
1: about what he was going to do. Yeah. And that's a really rare thing to come across. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's it's what everyone is always looking for. Yeah. I mean, lesson learned from that is to read a lot too. Expose yourself to things, read a lot, and just dive deep into Yeah, That reminds me a lot of this other person. It's not a friend of mine, and I'm hating myself because I don't remember their name. Mm. But there is, you might actually know, but there was like this story. It's actually a very similar story, but there's a story about this lawyer or soon-to-be lawyer. And he or she was like one semester or whatever away from graduating and getting a law degree. Mm. But they dropped out and became a comedian. And they actually made it pretty big. But that was like all over the news for a while. I wish I remember their name. I can look it up later or something. But that was a whole story too. It's just like a whole ethical, not ethical thing, but like a whole thing. It's like, why would you just not write it out and finish get your law degree? Mm-hmm. And then you can be a lawyer and a comedian. But then in the interview, it was just like, no, like I, just, I knew that I was never going to use it. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be a comedian. And yeah. I dropped out. And I just, they just had that certainty that their life was headed in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And it was just, up until about a year ago, I've always thought that oh, that was the dumbest decision that they could have made. But now that I think about it, it's just like you know, if you have that much certainty, then honestly, like it doesn't matter. It's content too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's controversial. Yeah, it's controversial for content. sure, and it's gonna it's get more narrative. attention, sure. Yeah. But no, I mean, I I think I think there's no there's there's nothing wrong if you know you're not gonna use it. There's nothing wrong with just accepting that the experience that you gained from anything you've learned up until that point Mm -hmm. can't be used in your favor in the future. Yeah. Like those experiences, you didn't lose them. You didn't lose anything that you've learned up until that point. Mm -hmm. But you do have a lot of fuel for whatever you're doing next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No matter what happens on this creator journey, like everything that we've learned through becoming a doctor, that's going to stick with us. It's just how are we going to use it going forward? Mm -hmm. I mean, final thoughts. We went over a lot. I had all these points written out too. Mm -hmm. Like that's just planning ahead, but we didn't even cover it. Yeah, just got so distracted. I mean, that is just reflective of what our life was. You can have plans. (laughs) (laughs) But they'll change. Yeah, but they'll change.
1: Yeah, well, they will change, but there also needs to be some critical Mm self-reflection. So what would really help us on this first episode is for anyone watching if you're not already head over and join our discord community we mm-hmm. love feedback so we also want to hear how we can structure these to make them more enjoyable to get more value out of them mm-hmm. do you want us to go on tangents more do you want us to go in less tangents what topics should we cover we have a lot of topics obviously up our sleeve but we want to hear from you guys so leave comments too anything is useful anything will be taken into consideration.